intro. All right. <laughs> All right. If you want to go ahead and stand and turn to Genesis chapter 27. All right. Are we on? All right. Genesis chapter 27. It is good to be in church. And uh, I believe I gave that testimony uh, last week, but it, um, it was, I believe, 15 years on July 18th that I accepted Christ as my Savior. And it's, like you said, sister, um, you know, it, there's no telling where I'd be. There's no telling where anyone would be if it wasn't for the grace of God and what he did for us and saving us. And I um, really appreciate the music um, or the strings. And I can't help but imagine that's, that's similar to what David would be playing when, when Saul was uh, distressed and the evil spirit came, came upon him and he played the harp and that just kind of went away. And that's, that's why music is so important because uh, it, it stirs up an emotion, it stirs up a response, and it could, if you have the wrong music, it'll stir up the wrong kind of uh, thing there, uh, the wrong spirit. But uh, Genesis chapter 27 kind of want to stay in the same vein as what Pastor was uh, talking about um, this morning in Sunday school and for the message. And uh, it's neat because I was thinking about this the last couple of days, and um, it kind of was a confirmation this morning when he was talking about Jacob and Esau. And uh, here in Genesis chapter 27, verse number 18, it says, And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father and felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, and his brother Esau's, as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Brother Tom Lynch, will you pray for us tonight? Many may be seated. Years ago, in the 1700s, there was a young boy, he was 14 years old, and uh, he left his, left his home, he left his family, and forsook everything that he knew at the age of 14 years old. Um, and, and it wasn't what you would normally think, you know, someone's just running away, he's being rebellious. But his reason was because he was patriotic towards his country. And um, he, he wanted to fight in the war, it was the French and Indian War. And this young boy at the age of 14 years old went and, and uh, showed very, uh, a lot of promise and... Um, all the generals and everyone there, they, they saw that he had a fire that the older, the older ones didn't have. He's one of the youngest people um, at that time, and they put him in charge of, uh, put him in charge of different uh, tasks and things like that, and, and got him, uh, he, he was a leader. But it, it was, he was only 14 years old, and he had that much, uh, that much drive and that much patriotism for his country. And uh, years go by. After that, and he started, and another war came, uh, came about, the uh, Revolutionary War, I believe, and uh, he went and he fought in that as well. And um, the thing about this young boy, and, and, and when I say his name, you're going to know who he is, is Benedict Arnold. When you think of Benedict Arnold, you think of a traitor. When you hear the, the words, uh, hear the name Benedict Arnold, you think of someone who was deceptive. You think of someone who betrayed his country. And uh, it wasn't just because, uh, you know, one day he woke up and was like, you know, what? I'm going to join. I'm going to join the British today. It wasn't anything like that. There was something that happened. Uh, you know, it might have been finances. It might have been bitterness. It might have been all these certain things that crept into his life, and eventually it caused a reaction. But it didn't just happen overnight. And uh, here in Genesis chapter 27 tonight, I want to preach about living a lie about living a lie. Psalms chapter 58 and verse 3 says, The wicked are estranged from the, from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. 
And uh, I don't have any kids, but um, I do teach kids on Wednesday night, and I know, do know that they lie sometimes. And uh, they're, they're born that way. They're born speaking lies. We, we find ourselves sometimes, have you ever told a story and, you know, you, you caught this fish and you're, you're kind of stretching it out a little bit each time? And, uh, or no matter what it is, you kind of want to make the story a little bit more interesting. We lie. And, um, you know, we shouldn't do that, but sometimes it happens we're born that way. It says that we're estranged uh, from the womb. Man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward, the Bible says. And, um, you know, I, on a daily basis, I deal with, uh, I deal with collections. Uh, and uh, it's, it's actually a pretty interesting job. And, and a few of you have other types of collections jobs where you shut people's power off and, and all sorts of stuff. But one thing that happens to me on a daily basis is I get lied to a lot. And, uh, you know, you ask people what's going on, what happened, and they'll tell you this whole story about how they don't have any money. But yet, at the same time, I'm looking right at their bank account and seeing purchase after purchase after purchase, uh, mainly DoorDash for a lot of people. And uh, if you know me, that you know that I absolutely abhor DoorDash and uh, think it's of the devil, but that's why I have a uh, camera in my house now. <laughs> Actually, Saturday, uh, Saturday I, I, turned, uh, I got a notification that there was movement, and I saw Jesse opening the door and pulling in a big old bag of, of food. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell her that, but... I'm just like, oh, okay, okay, but, uh, <laughs> but where was I going with that? Um, yeah, uh, we go astray as, as soon as we're born, <laughs> speaking lies, but no, um, but I, I think of the, the story, I've told it before of uh, when, when I was uh, younger, I used to watch the, the, the um, documentaries, Animal Planet, things like that, and, and uh, I love to, to hear about bears and and uh, what you need to do in case of a, a bear attacks you or a bear's coming near you. And uh, I, was, I was an expert at those types of things. I loved watching the crocodile hunter. Um, just, you know, I, I wanted, that was my goal as a young kid. I wanted to wrestle an alligator. That was, that was my desire. And, um, but it's not now. I mean, I saw a snake in the backyard the other day and kind of freaked out <laughs> on it. So I, I've uh, come, come away from that. Um, but, you know, I, I was at my grandma's one day, and, and they had a little uh, uh, area where you go down. There, it's wooded and kind of open. There's woods around that area. And um, we were walking there, and I was telling my grandma, this is what exactly you need to do if a bear comes at you. You don't run. You, you, you shouldn't run if there's a bear. Um, you should play dead, do all these things. And I, and I, was, being, I was being dead serious about it. And... Uh, all of a sudden, there was some movement in the bushes, and my grandma, uh, you know, she likes to kid around. She's like, it's a bear, and, and I took off running. <laughs> and um, I left my grandma in the dust that day, but they didn't say what, what to do if there was someone slower than you. So, But the fact of the matter is, is I, I had portrayed something uh, that I believed in, and I had, I had said, this is exactly what you need to do, but when the pressure came, when, when push came to shove, when, the, when rubber met the road, I took off running and, and did exactly what, against what I said you shouldn't do. And uh, th that's living a lie. You know, it might not be as serious, but you, you look at the Pharisees and what Jesus said to them. He was always getting on the Pharisees. He called them a generation of vipers. He called, you know, he, he was always getting, uh, uh, you know, he was always getting upset at the Pharisees because they would, they would portray these lives that, you know, everything's good on the outside. Everything looks good. I'm living right. I'm going to the temple. I'm doing all these things. But he said, you, you've made clean the outside of the cup. And I think a lot of us in here tonight, we're, we've gotten, we've been in church long enough. We know, we know how to look for church. We know how to look in front of certain people. And he said, uh, Jesus also said, but inwardly, you are full of dead man's bones. And uh, I, I, a lot of times we get to that place, and, and, and we're going to look at Jacob uh, in a minute here, um, because I see myself in Jacob a lot. Amen? You, you read the Bible, and you see, you see man, I, 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 do I do those exact things right there. And... Um, you know, that's, that's where the Pharisees had their problem. And, but there was, a, there was a progression that led to Jacob. Eventually, when we just read verses 18 to 22, Jacob lied to his very own father. And I think that we could progress to a point where we lie to God himself about ourselves because we're not honest with ourselves. 
But there was a progression that led to Jacob lying to the father. The first thing I want you to notice in chapter 27, if we go to the beginning of the chapter, is that Jacob had a close association. He had a close association. Um, Isaac had come to Esau, his son, and he told him, I'm, I'm getting ready to die. He must have been looking on, on WebMD uh, because he lived another 20 years after that. And uh, I, I make that mistake a lot is I'll look on WebMD for things, and I should have been dead a few weeks ago uh, from, from some of those things. And um, I, I recently, uh, uh, on Saturday, took Lola to the vet, and um, I was asking him all these questions because she, she might have a uh, collapsed trachea. And um, I was asking the, the vet all these questions. She's like, have you been on WebMD for dogs? <laughs> I'm like, yep. <laughs> She's like, yeah, don't do that. Um, because everything you look up, it's always the worst case scenario for, for everything that's going on. But, uh, but Jacob, or Isaac's anticipating his death, and he goes to Jacob, or Isaac, or, ah, Esau, and he's telling him everything he's going to do. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to give you my blessing. Um, go out to, to the, it says here in verse number uh, two, and he said, Behold, I am now old and know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. There's, not a, there's nothing wrong with that right there. And uh, Isaac, I, Isaac's not doing anything wrong uh, just to my knowledge. And, but he does favor Esau, and Pastor mentioned that about favoritism and, and what parents do sometimes and how it, it, could, it could be detrimental to the kids. But, um, but Isaac here, he's, he, he favors Esau because of what he can make him, to, you know, because of his stomach. He likes to eat, and uh, he, he uh, makes meat and, and shoots deer and all those sorts of things, and, and he wanted him to, to make that savory meat, and he was going to bless him before he died. And it says here that close association, verse, uh, verse number five, and Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. You know, the close association for Jacob, that, that progression that eventually would have led him to lying to his father was his own mother. It was a close association, and, and I'm not saying uh, the, problem, the problem isn't women. You know, it says in Rebecca Heard, and then in verse number, uh, verse number uh, six here, it says, and then Rebecca spake. So you have a woman that's hearing and then speaking things, but um, that's, not, that's not the problem. It's not a woman. It's, it, but it is a close association to Jacob. And um, yeah, verse number six, she spoke. And what happened with Rebecca is she knew what God said in the chapters before that, right? She knew that uh, Jacob was the one that was gonna, supposed to be getting a blessing. She knew, God, God said that the younger or the uh, elder shall serve the younger. And she knew exactly what was going on. And, and, and something that she, this thing that she did here, is something that we do many times in our Christian life, is we try to rush the will of God. And we try to get ahead of God. You think God knew that Isaac was going to bless Esau? And don't you think that God could have done something differently um, instead of having, having this happen? It obviously wasn't the right thing for Rebecca to do to get her own son to lie to her husband. But uh, she, she tried to take matters into her own hands, and a lot of times... That's what we do as Christians is we like to take things into our own hands because we know this is what God told me to do and we try to rush things along and it never ends well. But she had a, he had a close association. And um, you know, we've all, I, I think uh, everyone in here has had a stupid friend at one point or another in their life. Uh, I remember when I, was, uh, when I was younger, back when this, um, this area was all grass, there was no parking lot out there in the front, um, you know, I had a friend that would get me into trouble a lot, and I got him into trouble. And one day, um, for some reason, we had had our golf clubs at the church. And um, there, was a, there was a tree out, out in that other field over there, and a robin's nest had fallen out of it. And there were, uh, there were these baby robins that were on the ground. And uh, if you're an animal lover, you might not want to hear this. You might not like me after, the, after this. Um, but anyway, we took, we took these golf clubs, and uh, we dug holes in the, in the ground, and we put the baby birds in the holes <laughs> and covered everything but their heads. And um, 
Yeah, it, they weren't rabbits, so the rabbit lovers don't have to worry about it. <laughs> they were birds, just birds. But uh, we would take these golf clubs and, and we would just, you know, line up and just clock them. And it was cool to a, you know, to a 10-year-old or 11-year-old because their heads just flew right off. They didn't feel a thing. And um, <laughs> but we, got in, we got in trouble for that. We got, um, yeah, we, we did some things we shouldn't have done. But, uh, that, you know, as, as stupid as that is, it, it, was a, it was an association. I wouldn't have thought about doing that had I not had a friend. <laughs> um, but, no, we did, we did stupid things together. And, uh, but but that's, that's the danger, though, in, in, in the real Christian life is you'll, you have close associations that if you're not careful, if you're not careful, they'll get you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. They'll encourage you to do things that uh, you shouldn't be doing. The Bible says that Amnon had a friend, and his name was Jonadab. And uh, Amnon loved his, his stepsister, and Jonadab uh, orchestrated everything, and it was because of that friend. Now, I'm not saying that uh, you know, that's everything to blame, but you've got to watch who your associations are. You know what, it's not just, it's not just uh, kids, you know, watch who you hang out with. It's adults, too. You better watch who you're around. You better watch your, the influences you're around because eventually you're going you're gonna to get to do, you're going to start doing those things that they do. And um, I, I'm thinking about my, my uh, high school years or my, my uh, junior high years. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't talk to any of those people anymore. There, there's absolutely none. I, I can't think of one person that I've ta- I talked to that was in my class, and that, you know, at that time, it, you know, you think, these are, these are my friends for life, right? You, you think in the moment, you know, these are the people I'm going to be with, and these are the people that, you know, I'm going to go through life with, but after school, it, they're, they're nowhere to be found, and they, they, you know, a lot of those people in the school that I attended for a couple years, they're, you know, they were bad influences, you know, and, I, and, and maybe I was a bad influence as well, but I remember, you know, going, going to the birthday parties and doing all these things, and, you know, they would, they would do things that were, you know, kind of on the edge of something that I would, I would normally be used to, and, you know, I'd just accept it because that's the crowd that I was around. And, you, and that's the danger of, uh, of um, you know, being in church for that long is you learn how things operate, and you learn how you're supposed to look and how you're supposed to act, and, and if you're not careful, you'll end up living a lie, and that's exactly what, what Jacob did. And desiring a blessing, you know, there's nothing wrong with the blessing. There's nothing wrong with desiring that, but it's God's timing that is imperative. If, if it's not your time to get that blessing from the Lord, then, then you need to wait on Him. We want the power and blessing without the, the years of work and dedication that it took to get that blessing. And Pastor mentioned Simon the sorcerer today. You know what? That's exactly what Simon wanted. He saw, he saw what Peter was doing. He saw what the, the, the apostles were doing. And he says, you know, how much, how much do you want for that? I, I want that power. But they didn't realize everything that those men went through in order to get that power and what God uh, put those men through in their lives. He just wanted it right then and there. And uh, that, that was the problem with, with uh, Simon. Um, and the blessings, they're not just, it's not just material things. You know, every time we think of blessings, we think, you know, it's good to have the roof over our heads. It's good to have the car. It's good to have a bed. You know, all those things. But there's some spiritual blessings that, that I don't want to miss out on. Amen? The Bible calls them the unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. And uh, th- those, I was uh, reading a book last night by uh, Dr. Kyle, uh, Kyle Stevens. And uh, I think we're at number 39 or 40 different things that happens to you instantaneously at salvation. And uh, we, it's just amazing. Like, you, you say, oh, yeah, I just got saved. That was it. There are so many things that God does in the background for you when you get saved. Um, you know, it, it's, it's mind-blowing when you read those things and get into the Word of God. But um, this progression, it started with a, a close association. And uh, Jacob, you know, Jacob didn't randomly decide one day, I, I'm, I'm just going to lie to my father. It started, it started with a process of, of evil thinking. He was a deceiver. He was a liar. And um, we'll, we'll look at the next part here. As uh, we, look, we looked at a uh, close association, it progressed to a carnal attitude in verse number, um, verse number 11. So after Rebekah's told uh, Jacob the story about what's going on with Esau, and they come up, she comes up with this plan, and, and uh, Jacob has a very carnal 
attitude, if you want to look at his reaction in verse number 11, and this is very important to note, if you don't get anything else from this message tonight, this, is, this right here, this carnal attitude is something that if you're not careful, if you don't, if you don't correct when, when the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, when the Holy Spirit's trying to show you something about yourself, when he's taking that, that mirror of God's word and, and reflecting it in your face. And, and you know, I, I think it was Noah a few years ago for the Christmas party we had, the ugly uh, Christmas sweater. Um, he, all he had on his shirt was a mirror. <laughs> and so when you look at it, you, you look at ugly. And, um, but that's what we do as Christians a lot of times is we'll, we, like to, we like to reflect the mirror in other people's faces. But we got to flip that thing around and look at our own selves. Um, but this carnal attitude, it says, And Jacob said to Rebekah, his, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And uh, essentially, the answer that Jacob gave, it wasn't necessarily a bad answer. He said, you know, I don't think we can do this thing. But the reasoning for why he thought they couldn't do it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, like uh, his son Joseph. Remember Joseph, when he was uh, in, in Potiphar's house, his wife came to him. And um, she wanted to lie with him. And he said, how could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? That's, uh, Jacob didn't say that here. Jacob, Jacob look at his reaction. He, he's basically saying in verse numbers, number 12, if I lie and do this thing, my dad's going to think that I'm a liar. Think about that. If I do this, if I lie, I'm going to be perceived as a liar. He was worried about, about what people thought about him. He wasn't, he wasn't worried that this is a sin against God. He wasn't worried that, you know, and a lot of times we get that way as well, is, you know, it, it's all about character. And if you don't have character, you know what? Uh, you might not be doing something wrong because you just know either you can't get away with it or you're worried about what people are going to think about you. Uh, character, uh, I forget who it was that said it, but character is who you are in the dark. Who you are in the dark. If you were able to get away with something, you knew that you could get away with something and, and do whatever it is, would you do it? Think about that. Think about that. Would you do exactly what it is that your heart's wanting to do? And uh, this is exactly what Jacob, Jacob here said. He's like, man, I, I'm going to seem as a deceiver. I, you know, I might be those things, um, but I don't, I don't like people, uh, you know, thinking those things about me. And, um, you know, same thing with, with social media. I, you don't go to social media and say, just had, a, just had another fight with a wife, right? You don't really see people saying that. You don't see people saying, oh, got five bucks in my bank account. You know, things are looking pretty bad. You don't see those types of things on Facebook. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see everything that's, that, that is portrayed as good. You're going to see families you're, together. You're going to see all these, you know, events that you're going to, taking pictures and, and, and documenting your life. And, uh, you know, while, while some of those things are all fine and whatever, that, that doesn't mean that things aren't going on behind the scenes that you can't see. And, um, but, but he had, he had a carnal attitude about, about everything. It was a test of character. The, the potential of getting caught is what, what uh, made him hesitate to do those things. And we already discussed uh, uh, Joseph and, and how, you know, the, the comparison between those two. And Joseph actually, he didn't want to sin against God. And that should be your motive. You know what? We, we have, we're so focused in on, on what people think about us. And the, the, the fact of the matter is, is we don't, we don't really realize, hey, we need to start caring what God thinks about us. Amen? We need to start worrying about what, what is, because God sees everything. You know, I, I get up here, and I'll preach, and, and one thing that always worries me is I don't want to go home and, and my wife sees someone completely different than, than the person preaching right now. And, or, or some, you know, she hears me say things, she hears me talking, and I, I don't want to live a lie. Amen? You ought to have that same desire. Is, is your kids and, and your family, they should look at you and, and see consistency. They should see some character. I don't, I don't want my wife to, to listen to my preaching and, and just completely ignore it because she knows that I'm a different person in the house. Amen? And uh, that's how, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, your, your kids, you know, if you're a parent, they look up to you. 
and they see the inconsistencies. They see, the, they, they see things in the house that no one else is going to see, and I, and I get those things. But uh, you, know, you, you ought to worry about, if you're worrying about what God thinks about you, those things will fall into place. You've got to worry about what God thinks. Um, but he was, he was worried about his uh, public image. And uh, the next thing here, if you want to look at chapter 27, verse number 14, there was a, not only a close association, there was a carnal attitude. We'll look now at the concrete action that was taken. In verse number 14, there's a lot of, I, you know, I was never good at, at English, but I do see a lot of action verbs. In, in verse number 14, it says, And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son, Esau, which were put in her house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of uh, the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread, which she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob. So um, now instead of, instead of the influence there, uh, then came the attitude of, of carnality. And now there, there's some solidification to what he's going to do because of those two other things there. It says that he went and he, and he fetched. And, um, you know, he's starting to act upon those things. And if you, the, the more that you meditate on it, and, and that's exactly how uh, men are especially, is we, go, we, we calculate things, Right? We're, before we do wrong, before we sin, no matter what it is, we're going to calculate and see, can I get away with this or can I do this um, and there not be any consequence to it? And, uh, but after, after that uh, process of evil thinking, time after time, Jacob got that attitude and, and finally he, he acted, upon those, that, acted upon that attitude. And uh, sometimes the, the living a lie might not be living a wicked life. You see here um, in verse number 15, it says, And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. You know, he's, he's wearing clothes that didn't belong to him. And uh, sometimes we, we like to pretend to be someone that we're not, right? We like to pretend that, that, that we're, you know, we're, we're in the will of God and, and you know, we have this this blessing that God's given us, maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a talent or maybe it's a, um, you know, a ministry, uh, no matter what that is. Sometimes we, we go off of what we want and we, we like to just say that, you know what, this is, this is who I am, but, it, but it's not your clothes. It's Esau's clothes. And uh, it's the same thing with David when he went, he, he was going to fight Goliath and, and King Saul gave him all his armor that didn't fit him. And sometimes we, we live a lie and pretend to be something that we're not. Um, and it might, like I said, it's not, it's not necessarily a wicked thing all the time. You know, we, we like to focus on, you know, when you, when you hear, you know, living a lie, maybe you think of uh, some kind of immortality, you think of drugs, you think of the alcohol and all those things. But, but what, about, what about the bitterness and the wrath and the anger and the malice and all those different things that creep in? Um, the Bible says the works of the flesh. And um, those things could creep in, and th those things are, are more uh, detrimental to the body of Christ than, than uh, cigarettes and, and, you know, drinking and all that stuff ever was. And, uh, you know, you have, you have uh, in, in Proverbs chapter 6, these six, six things doth the Lord hate, and one of those things is sowing discord among the brethren. Right? Have you ever done that before? We just, we just uh, witnessed that kind of thing happening a couple weeks ago with someone sowing discord, and, and you see the effects that it has on people. And uh, Bible says, the Bible says that's an abomination to God. It's an abomination. But there was some, there was some action, uh, concrete action. It was set. Um, let's see here. And then the, the next thing here, we'll look at verse number 18. And I'll hurry up here. Uh, verse number 18, he had a, a calloused arrogance about him. In verse number 18... It says, and he came unto his father and said, my father, and he said, here am I, who art thou, my son? Jacob is getting the opportunity right here, the final opportunity to get this thing right and say, you know what, this, I'm, not, I'm not Esau, uh, this is Jacob, I was going to deceive you, I was wrong, I wanted that blessing, I'm sorry. But instead here, he, instead of doing that, he, he progresses this. 
and says in verse number 19, Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn, the lies have begun. And I have done according to thee, as thou hast badest me arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. He had the opportunity to, to be honest. And you know what? A lot of times we as Christians, God will, God will come and deal with us at, at specific times in our lives to see if we're going to be honest with him and upfront with him because we get to a point, like I said, to where we're, we're lying straight to the Father, although he's the one that knows every single thing about us. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. There's no way I could tell outside of uh, actions that you do that if you're wicked or not. You could, be, you could, you could uh, portray a, a certain way that you, know, you look perfect on the outside, but God is the one who's looking on the inside at your heart. And he sees your motives. He sees your desires. And here Jacob uh, secured the opportunity to get it right with his, with his father. The same thing happened with Cain. You know, and, and we, we learn, you know, we, we've heard the preaching about how God will come and he'll ask you questions that he already knows the answers to. But he wants you to realize where you are. He wants you to answer and be honest and be open with him. And um, Cain had that opportunity when he, when he, uh, where God said, sin, you know, sin lieth at the door. He had an opportunity. And then after he killed his brother, you know, God asked him, he's like, where, where's thy brother? God knew where his brother was. God knew where Abel was. But you know what Cain said? I, I have no idea. I don't know where he is. He wasn't honest with God. You know what? Cain, Cain could have had a different outcome. You know, I, I can't say that for, for sure. But reading about how God was merciful, even in the Old Testament, if Cain would have came out and said, God, I, I did this out of anger, I was wrong, the, the story could have been different for Cain. The story could have been different for Cain. But he didn't want to face himself. And uh, that's our problem sometimes. We do not want to face ourselves. We have Saul, where, uh, where, where God comes to, or uh, Samuel comes to Saul, and, uh, you know, he, he has to do the same thing. It's like, what is, what is this bleeding of the sheep that I hear, all the things that Saul did? And uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't own up to it. Samuel comes to him, and, uh, or, or the fact that he was supposed to kill King Agag and, and all the Amorites and all those people, and, and God said, don't spare anyone. Don't spare the flocks, don't spare the cattle, nothing. Destroy everything. And then Samuel comes to him and says, what, what's the bleeding of the sheep that I hear? And, and Saul's like, well, you know, this happened and this happened. And, you know, I think that we kept the best for God and we wanted to make a sacrifice. And I didn't know where you were going to be. Um, so we decided to go ahead and start with the sacrifices. I know that God told you that, that I had to wait until you got here. But the people, and he starts to go off on the people. And he starts to go off on all the reasons why he did what he did. But he never said, you know what, Samuel, I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I should have I, I waited. And, and a lot of these guys in here, you know, Aaron, Aaron the priest, when, when uh, Moses comes down off the mountain, and uh, he, he says, you know, Aaron, what's going on here? He says, well, you know, we just threw gold into a fire, and all of a sudden a, a golden calf came out, and uh, everyone started worshiping. I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. And uh, instead of saying, you know what, I, I, I did that. I, I orchestrated that. Uh, the people wanted this. I wanted this. We, we worshiped th this image and uh, did this great wickedness. And, and, you know, I'll take the blame for that. But he didn't do it. He starts to, you know, you, you blame the people. Um, and it's not, and it's now uh, here in Genesis chapter 27, it's, you realize it's just Jacob and his father at this point. That close association that we talked about at the beginning of the message is no longer there. Now it's, it's, it's between him and his father, and he has the opportunity to be honest with him, but instead it says that he even, um, here in verse number 20, when he asked that, you know, how, how is it thou found it so quickly? And I don't think that Jacob was ready for that question. 
And he, he goes, goes ahead and says, well, uh, because the Lord thy God, he, he gave it to me. And now all of a sudden he's starting to throw God into the decisions that he's making because that's, that's what he wanted to do in the first place. And, and, and a, lot of, a lot of us at times will want to do something, whether it's bad or whether it's something that God just doesn't want us to do, and we'll, we'll slap God's name on it, like, and you can't argue with it anymore. You can't argue with those people. Why? Because they just threw God into it and said God told them to. We can't, we can't tell you what God said and what he didn't say. But you got to be careful when you, when you want to do something, when you're about to do something. You know, I, I, I know some people that have, that have used God to everywhere that they're going, bouncing back and forth and doing all these things. It's like, man, there's something wrong with that. You know, I thought God called you here, but no, now he's calling you over here. Now he's calling you over here. And it's because you get, you, you get um, you're not um, enjoying what God has given you. You're not utilizing what God has given you where he has you right now. And you, you, you get uncomfortable and you want to go somewhere else where, you know, maybe, maybe where it's more fresh or something that's this just new. You're chasing this dream. But you got to be careful about using God uh, as a justification for it. And uh, he couldn't even say the Lord, my God. It, it, was, uh, it was Isaac's God. He, 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 didn't, he didn't even use that. Um, but he had the opportunity to be honest. And uh, Isaac's questioning that. There's obviously something that's going on. And um, here in uh, verse number 21, and uh, this is where Isaac's problem comes in. Is it says, and Isaac said unto Jacob, "Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very uh, my very son Esau or not." And he's he's kind of the voice doesn't sound like Esau's; it sounds like Jacob's voice, and he, he wanted to come closer. Verse number twenty-two, and Jacob went near unto him, uh, Isaac his father, and he felt him, and said, "The voice is Jacob's voice, but." The hands are the hands of Esau. You cannot go by feeling. You cannot go by feeling in the Christian walk. If you're, wanting, if you're, you're questioning what God wants for you, you're questioning whether or not you should do something or not, you cannot go off of, well, this feels right to do, so I'm going to do it. As you, as you see here, um, Isaac, Isaac was going off the wrong thing here. He, he didn't discern him with the voice. He should have listened to that voice, and that's what we need to do. Listen to that still, small voice of the Lord instead of, you know what, this, this feels right here. And, you know, you have the three that you have the fact, faith, and feeling, right? And we get those out of, out of sorts. And a lot of times the, 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 um, the anger and the frustration that comes in the Christian life a lot of times is we put feeling at the very top of those things. And, you know, I, I don't feel safe today, or I don't feel right about this, or, I, you know, I feel upset about this. And we, and we base that feeling and mix up the fact and the faith. But if you have, if you have the fact, you have the Word of God, you have uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you put your faith in that fact, that's when it produces the right feeling. And, but a lot of times we reverse those things, and we go off of feeling. You know, and that's why, that's why you have people that are jumping churches and doing all these different things because they're just, they're living off of a feeling. And you got to watch that. And it says, it says here um, in 23, verse number 23, and he discerned him not because his hands were hairy and his brother Esau, uh, as his brother Esau's hand, so he blessed him. And another thing to, to go off a uh, feeling is um, there, was, there was one time when my, uh, when my aunt had passed away um, we had found out about, you know, one, two in the morning and I, and it was a cold night and, um, I think, I believe it was in February that she passed away and, and, um, it was really cold. And so I'm driving down the highway and, um, there was a state trooper that had pulled over someone else and, and I, I stayed in the right lane and just went right past her, not thinking about anything. And, uh, all of a sudden she, she stops what she's doing with that person, and she tracks me down because I didn't. I guess I didn't get over in the in the other lane, and she pulls me over, and I remember that the windows were frozen solid, like I could not roll the windows down at all, and um, because I was in a state of slumber, <laughs> um, I decided to just open up the door when she came came around the car, and all of a sudden, uh, she's pointing a gun at me, telling me to get <laughs> get in the car. 
And, um, you know, and all of a sudden she, you know, she puts me on the, on the back of the car and pats me down and puts me in the back of the, the cop car. And, um, she had, she had pity on me because of what happened and, you know, let me go. But, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, you, you go off, you know, well, it felt right. I wanted to open up the door and that was the end of it. And, uh, but sometimes you go off feeling you're going to get yourself hurt. Um, and I'm, I'm just thankful I didn't get shot by that cop that night. Um, that, was, that was kind of her not to do, um, because I, I probably would have shot someone that opened up a door if I was going up at 2 o'clock in the morning to a car. But, um, but you, can't, you can't go off feeling, and he, and he ends up getting the blessing. And um, I believe that he, he got what he wanted, but he didn't want what he got after that. He, um, I could picture him going back to his mom and you know, telling, him, telling her about everything that happened and how he, he you know, his, his dad kind of uh, questioned what was going on and, and he gave the, you know, gave the answer quick, like, oh, the Lord thy God gave it to me. And, and he's telling her all these things that happened and she's like, well, you know, Jacob, I was thinking about what, uh, you know, everything that's going on and I don't think that Esau's going to be too happy when he comes back. And, you know, I was thinking the best thing for you to do right now is just to run and uh, go away. And, you know, I have a brother, he, you know, Laban, he'll, he'll help you. And uh, you could go, uh, go to him for a couple of days and, you know, just let, let Esau cool down. And everything's going to be okay. But what he didn't realize and what she didn't realize is he was never going to see his mom again because of a decision that he made in a, in a, a, um, a, a whole plan that she connived with him. Um, they were never going to see each other again. And it wasn't just going to be a few days of, of consequence of him working for Laban and then coming back and everything's going to be great with his brother. And, and it ended up being 20 years that he spent with Laban working. And, uh, you know, he gets there and he sees, um, he sees Rachel and, and she's the pretty one and he falls in love with her. And, and then, you know, Leah's there. She has a really good personality. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, he, he falls in love with Rachel, and he wants Rachel, and Laban says, you got to work for me for, for seven years. And he's like, you know what? That, that's worth it. I'll work for her. Then the wedding night comes, and they didn't do things the same way as, as we do weddings now. And he wakes up the next morning, and the sun shines through and, and lands on the good personality. And, um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, he realizes, man, you know, goes, goes to Laban upset. You know, what's going on? You, you promised me, Rachel. And he says, it's custom, you know, that the, that the firstborn get the... Uh, uh, preferential treatment, you know, get, get the uh, first rights to everything. Isn't that how you, you do things, Jacob? Right? And now he's starting to realize, oh, man, this is coming full circle, where he, he deceived his own father, and now, you know, he's getting, he, God, God's a better conniver than Jacob ever was. And, and God, will, God will put that thing right back on you. He ended up working another seven years uh, for Rachel. You know, it turned out, like I said, 20 years of that. And uh, the last thing here, go over to Genesis chapter uh, 32. But you've got to be honest with yourself tonight. And because a lot of times I've, I've found myself living a lie before. You know, there's t- if you're not careful, it's not, it's not just something that might happen once or twice in your life. It's something on a daily basis where you got to watch that. you got to watch your flesh. you got to watch what's, who, who's influencing you. you got to watch what's going on in your life. You might have that, that calloused arrogance as, uh, he, as he had here in Genesis 27. But here in Genesis chapter 32, we, we see where everything's going to come, come to an end here for Jacob. And uh, he's finally going to, he, he's on his way back to make things right with his brother. And that's great. He wants, to, he wants to reconcile there. And, um, you know, he's sending his, his family over. He's sent, you know, to go see uh, Esau to make sure that um, they don't kill them. And if they don't kill them, then he'll go. Um, you know, in a fit of bravery, he sent them over first. And, um, but here, he's, he's uh, it says in verse number 24, and Jacob was left alone. You've got to take note of that. Jacob was left alone. There's no one else around. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And I don't know how to do jujitsu, but we were at camp 
and uh, me and Zach were work, and, and Brother David, we were working in the in that office there, and um, uh, da- or Joe Biano came in, and uh, this other guy named Brian from Brother Reagan's church, and we were we were working on the video, and all of a sudden they're wrestling in this, and, th- and if you've seen this office, it's not that big of an office, and they're in their suits wrestling, doing jujitsu, and uh, you know after five minutes they were both just worn out. And I'll never understand jujitsu. I'm never going to do that. But uh, I can't imagine wrestling wrestling someone until you know all night long. I, I can't imagine that. But it says here that he wrestled wrestled with a man um, until the breaking of the day. It says in verse number 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And see, that that question was the very same question that he was asked in Genesis chapter 27. And now the thing's coming to where he is wrestling with God himself. And God asked him, and, and, and Jacob wants a blessing. Because the blessing that he got from his father, it wasn't doing anything. I, 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 could, uh, uh, I could be safe to say I think Jacob was miserable at this point in his life. But he had gotten the blessing from his father, Isaac. But he wanted, he wanted God's blessing. He wanted God to bless him. And, and like I said earlier, we, we ought to desire those spiritual blessings that God has for us. We ought to desire those things and... and he said, here, I'm not going to let you go except thou bless me. And then he asked him what his name is. And he finally came to terms with who he was when he said, Jacob. He said, I'm Jacob. I'm, I'm the supplanter. I'm the deceiver. I'm the conniver. And he said here, um, and he said, thy name shall be no more called Jacob. You know, instead of, instead of God saying, you know what, I wouldn't use you if you were the last man on earth. You're, you're scum. You're no good. He said, no, he says, I'm going to change your name now. And just like the song that we sung today, he changed, you know, he changed my life. He changed my walk. He didn't walk the same after he wrestled with God. After he came face to face with God, it says that he touched the hollow of his thigh, and he didn't walk the same after that encounter. And then he changed his name. And that just shows the, the mercy of God. And it says here that he named the place. Uh, it says, And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Where is that thou dost ask after my name? And, and he blessed him there. He got, he got exactly what he was searching for that whole time. Now he went about it the right way. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, For I have seen God face to face. And note this, and my life is preserved. And maybe some of you tonight need to meet with God face to face. Maybe some, sometimes we get into a rut. Uh, we get to the place where we have, that, um, we have those uh, uh, associations. We have that, atti- that carnal attitude. We have the, the uh, um, concrete action and the calloused arrogance and all those things that, that uh, Jacob portrayed in Genesis chapter 27 but we need to get, get away from those things tonight. And, and, and those were, you know, you notice those were progressions. Those were stages. And that's the thing, you know, you, you hear people that have, uh, you know, pancreatic cancer. And normally they don't, they don't find out that they have that cancer until it's too late. They don't find out that they're in the later stages of that until it's, it's stage three, stage four. And you know what they have to do is they, they, need, to, they need to take action fast. They need to get radical about it. They, you know, people start changing their diets. They start, you know, if you get sick, it's going to change your mindset about a lot of things. And if God is showing you something tonight, and if, or whenever it is that he shows you things about yourself, you ought to get radical about it. You ought to, you ought to desire to, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to change some things. You know, I'm going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to change some things around because I don't want to get to the point where uh, I die because of this thing. And, um, you know, in closing, there was a, you know, just today, just today, I heard that there was a, there was a girl that, or, you know, a young lady that used to come to this church had just proposed to this other girl. It, you know, she's a, she's a full-blown uh, lesbian now. 
And someone who came to this church, someone who was involved, someone who, uh, 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 you know, would, would be, you know, down at the altar on Sundays, things like that. Someone that you would never suspect, but they had a close association outside of the church. They had, they, they had someone that they went to, and it, and it didn't happen overnight where, where that lifestyle just automatically, you know what, I'm going to do this. And we already talked about that, but it, it, was, it was a slow line. Just day after day after day, you get out of church, there's no telling where you'll be. If you get out of church, there's, you could be exactly like that person who's now uh, going against everything that she once stated to believe. And it's very easy. It's very easy to get to that point. And, and we, get, we get very critical. And we start to think, you know what, if they, if they would have just been like this, this, and this, and we start to compare ourselves to that person. But you need to realize that that could be you but by the grace of God. And in um, tonight, in closing, um, you just got to gotta get face-to-face with God. If you don't do that, if you don't have uh, places in your life where you meet with Him, then your Christian life, your, your walk is going to be terrible. Your spiritual life is, is going to be worthless. And when you get to heaven, there's not going to be anything to show for it because you chose to live for yourself because you chose to continue on the path that you're going down and, and preacher after preacher gets up and, and, and preaches the word of God and you know, the songs and, and everything's going on at church and it, all of a sudden it means nothing to you. But you got to realize that this, this isn't it here. We're, we're going to be going to heaven one day. Jesus Christ is coming back and, and we, we claim to believe that. But if we don't start living for that, not for salvation, but living for, you know, just the, the mere fact that he saved us ought to, ought to get us excited to live for him. Amen. But if you haven't met with him outside of salvation, there's going to be times in your life where you need to. There's going to be times in, in your life where you need to come to terms with who you are. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the day, Lord. I just pray that something that was said tonight would just uh, touch, touch the hearts here. Lord, and I just uh, thank you for everything you've done. Lord, I thank you for being merciful to us, Lord, and I thank you that Jacob was able to come to terms with who he was and uh, be honest with himself and with you. Lord, I pray you'd help us to do that on a daily basis, just be honest with you. I pray that you'd uh, just bless the rest of this evening in Jesus' name. Amen.